Hey everyone, don't get too excited. This is really just a teaser for our first bonus episode. We wanted to start recording bonus episodes to kind of give something back to our patrons. And so I wanted to go ahead and just post a teaser of it so you could listen to about 10 minutes or so and get an idea of whether or not it's something that you are interested in. And if you are, we'd love it if you could head over to patreon.com slash mtggrindcast, become a patron, and you'll be able to listen to the bonus episode and, of course, get plenty of other, you know, physical merch, hats, pins, playmats, that sort of thing. And we will be recording bonus episodes about once a month or so, and those will be for patrons, patron exclusives, and you'll get access to all of them once you are a patron. For those of you that are patrons, head over to Patreon to listen to this full episode. If you are not a patron yet, then, you know, take a listen to this this teaser and see if you'd like to become one. First bonus episode, second MTG grind class. Today we're going to be going over kind of building sideboards for weird decks is, is mostly the way that I envisioned this episode. Yeah, because we, last time, like the last grind class Mm -hmm. episode we did we talked about like the control deck stuff right and sideboarding against and with control decks super simple a lot of the time because the matchup's so well defined Mm -hmm. and you have a bunch of dead cards on either side yeah uh it gets way harder when you're playing the more unusual decks where all your cards aren't very easy to determine the role of or you need some configuration yeah so we wanted to go over like a bunch of different types of decks and how you can Build your sideboards or sideboard against certain things to increase your win percentage that way. Yeah. And so we are generally, this is us going over how to sideboard with more linear decks. Uh, Like sideboarding and particularly building sideboards for things like, you know, the green black explorer midrange deck, you know, the rock that was just basically the rock building sideboards for control decks and stuff. While there are clever things you can do, there are interesting things you can do, generally that is a take your bad cards out, put good cards in sort of thing. The more reactive you are, the easier it is to come up with sideboard plans because you take out your answers that don't answer the stuff in whatever you're playing against and you put in cards that that do answer that stuff. When you are a more proactive, more linear deck, it's a lot more complicated because... You may not be interested in answering their stuff at all. You may be interested in answering their answers. And you have the question of how much can I actually afford to take out of my deck before it, like, stops running entirely. Yeah, and specifically what we're talking about with these kind of linear decks is, like, combo decks, engine decks, and aggro decks. Mm-hmm. Uh, was, well, we'll get into, like, the more specifics of aggro decks because there's a bunch of those. But, yeah, we wanted to have it so where i don't know what i'm gonna say (laughs) well so i i I do want to like define our terms here and stuff and these decks are all like kind of connected but have like significant differences and these are decks that have a game plan and they're trying to execute that and kind of ignore or run over your opponent's stuff more than answering it one for one in any way you're putting together something that's greater than the sum of its parts but it is different ways that combo decks do that versus the way engine decks do that versus the way aggro decks do that. Rather than defining each one of those right now, 
I think maybe we should just kind of go into each category and define the term as we're talking about it. And then... Yeah, sure. Yeah. So first, since I've got you here, <laughs> I feel like good good to start with combo decks, which are not really my forte. I don't play a ton of combo decks generally, but this is definitely a Lee thing. And this is why the first combo deck that I have listed here is the standard Pyromancer Ascension deck that you top-aided Nationals with many moons ago. I did, yeah. So I guess I'll define combo decks generally. They're just these decks that are trying to do a specific thing or specific interaction that's just strong enough to take over the entire game. Mm -hmm. Uh, For this specific example in standard, this was Zendikar Scars of Mirrodin standard after Jace the Mind Sculptor and Stone Fortress Mystic was banned. So this standard format, by the way, was very powerful uh it was jace and stoneforge were banned what remained legal in the format was still valakut the molten pinnacle with permeable titan splinter twin actual splinter twin (laughs) (laughs) and a moxopal aggro deck with tempered steel yes that was the that was the one that i played when i played standard at this time as i i played moxopal tempered steel with glint hawk idol yeah powerful non-creature artifact glenhawk idol <laughs> there were some a pluses in the deck and there were some d minuses in the deck glenhawk idol was not one of the a pluses and pyromancer ascension in that format was not it was a blue red combo deck right but it was worse than splinter twin most of the time mm-hmm. because valakut was such a popular deck it was so good and the splinter twin deck was a very good matchup mm-hmm uh, for the Splinter Twin deck against Valakut. Because you just played your Splinter Twin. The Splinter Twin, Twin deck beat Valakut. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Yep, yep. You, you just played your thing, and then you played your Splinter Twin, and then you killed them. Yes. And they couldn't do that much about it, because they were like a turn 5 Titan, turn 4 Titan deck. And Deceiver Exarch has 4 toughness. And so. it tapped their creature. They tapped their land. <laughs> yeah. So they couldn't do their thing. Right. So you time walk them, and then you combo them out of the game. Yeah, it was a horrendous matchup. Yeah. But the reason I played this deck, because it like played into that, because the Titan decks just had to jam all their threats, like when they saw you were playing Scalding Tarn, mm-hmm. uh, they had to just go ignore Mana Leak's existence and just jam threats because mm-hmm. they couldn't afford to like wait on the Splinter Twin combo. Right. But the way the Pyromancer Ascension deck works is that it is a slower combo deck. It plays a bunch of cantrips, Preordain, Ponder, Jetaxing Probe, to power up Pyromancer Ascension. When you cast, you know, extra copies of spells in your graveyard, you get counters, and once it has two counters, you copy all your spells. Yeah. So you would chain through your deck to get all these Pyromancer Ascensions active, and then just cast Lightning Bolts on your opponent until they died. (laughs) The way this deck sideboarded was interesting, because there's not much you can do with the kind of constraints this deck plays with. Because with Pyromancer Ascension, you need to have a bunch of four ofs. Mm -hmm. Pyromancer Ascension keys off specifically cards named the same as what you've cast already which meant for your sideboard you couldn't take out that many cards because if you shaved on like a bunch of cards to make them three ofs you were just kind of soft all over the place yeah it was harder to activate your ascensions and the lists that we're talking we're going to talk about we want to use a lot of examples here rather than talking generically um the lists that we're talking about are all going to be in the show notes which you can find on the discord yes so in this specific list i played Kind of a bunch of cards all over the place, but I didn't board in that many in any matchup. <laughs> yeah. There, there was kind of two ways people built their Pyromancer Cinch decks. Either you had a 15-card twin transformational sideboard where you just became Splinter Twin hmm. in games two or three, 
which you know was really good against Valakut. But the idea of this deck was it just lost percentage points of Valakut by not playing Spark and it was just good against everything else because it grinded against everything else so well. Yeah. So if you're trying to do the Splinter Twin thing, you should just play Splinter Twin, <laughs> not not play an inferior combo deck and then board into it. So you weren't, yeah, right. You weren't looking to lose your combo at any point. Like you were still going to be a Pyromancer Ascension deck post board against everybody. Yeah. So what I would do is I had a couple threats in Consecrated Sphinx, which is Commander All Star at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but at, in Standard, it was just like a kind of a little worse than Titan, right? Uh, but still very good because uh, Pyromancer Ascension is an all creatureless deck. So what you could do is by boarding out, there's a couple four C's in the main deck of this deck. So I would usually just against Cobblade, for example, which still exists about Stoneforge Mystic, I would just board out the two four C's and put in two Consecrated Sphinxes and that's it. Because mm-hmm. four C's a little clunky against Spell Pierce and they board out all the removal because it's garbage. You yeah. can't really afford to draw it. Yeah, you can't draw Dismembers against the the Pyromancer Ascension all cantrip deck. Yeah, and then Concerted Sphinx is just one of those cards that just takes over the game by itself while still being able to fuel your combo. Mm-hmm. Because it drew you so many extra cards. I guess Dismember doesn't even kill Consecrated Sphinx anyways, so... Well, no, 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 but it, I mean, there were Oblivion Rings, which you keep in anyway. Sure. Uh, most people at that point played with, like, Oust and Into the Royal, mm-hmm. which aren't very good at answering anything. Right. Oust didn't target anything in Pyromancer Ascensions. You usually just take those out. Yeah, yeah. And I, I had a bunch of removal spells, too, in the sideboard of this deck, just to configure my deck how I want, needed to against the aggressive decks, which is pretty much just the Tempered Steel deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bunch of Pyroclasms. I had four Pyroclasms because, again, I didn't want to dilute my deck because Pyromancer Cinch is one of those decks where you, you you just can't afford... You always have to keep your deck building constraints in mind. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Companions, really. Yeah. Companions yeah. force you to keep your deck a specific way if you want access to the can- Companion, even post-sideboard. A lot of the combo decks can be like that. Ascension is one of the ones that's more obvious about it. You just have to have a bunch of four ofs or be able to draw a high density of cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noxious Revival is actually really good for this. It's not in this list at all. But it's one of those cards that's specifically good with Ascension because it's basically two cards in one. Yeah. Whenever you get your second of a spell, you get it back with Noxious Revival. And that gives you, 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 you know, you ponder once, Noxious Revival it ponder again as okay you ponder once draw the second ponder yes noxious revival it ponder again now your pyromancer ascension is on like yeah. it, it counts as the third copy of whatever spell it's a wild card yeah I, I, there's also a couple spell skites just because splinter twin was so popular mm-hmm. so i could just take out the forces put in some spell skites sure and i would actually usually put twi- i had a twisted in my sideboard which is not very good but the idea behind it was that it killed spell skite mm-hmm. while cantripping so I just had it. <laughs> yeah. Spellskype messes up lightning bolting stuff. So Yeah. You know, the immediate lessons that I'm taking away from the sideboarding plan that I can like more generically apply to combo decks in general. Not every combo deck, but this is a way that many combo decks have to think about sideboarding is if you are maintaining your combo post board and you don't have really an alternate plan, like sometimes you did because of Consecrated Sphinx, but Consecrated Sphinx mostly like gave you the card quantity to then execute pyromancer ascension stuff yeah it was like a sideways juke that played into the main right 
All right, so that's it for the teaser. Hopefully it got you interested and you'd like to hear the rest of the episode. If you would like to, uh, head over to patreon.com slash mtggrindcast and sign up. We really, really appreciate the support of everybody who has. You know, this is just a bonus. All of the regular episodes are still going to continue to be free, will always be free. Just these MTG Grind class bonus episodes. We want to you know, make as a special thank you to the people who support us and help us out. We really, really appreciate it. And if you'd like to join our community, please do. We would love to see you in our Discord and, you know, send you some stuff and let you listen to these bonus episodes. So thanks so much to everybody. Appreciate it. And, you know, even if you don't subscribe to the Patreon, we will have our next episode out shortly. So see you then.